Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the truly amazing Tina Hall from Phuket has been good to us. British Tina arrived in Phuket 13 years ago as a tourist. Her journey here has taken her from the islands of Kidderminster, diving in Australia and backpacking in either Central or South America. She's not sure which one. Tina is a true hero in the community, helping to raise funds and host fundraisers for Phuket has been good to us. Without people like Tina, many young children here in Phuket would not have the opportunities to get an education. Tina is awesome. Really awesome. We like Tina. Enjoy the show. I know that's your bit. Always but just, ready. just for once. You want to do it for once? Go on in. No, no, no. Are, no. You, are you comfortable? Are you sitting comfortably? Reasonably. I might shuffle away. Tina, are you doing this podcast? What's, this, what's going on? It's my podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mate. I haven't seen you for ages. Oh, Shut thank up, you. Um, I'd just like to point out that I was at the Australian Consul General this morning and I found out two things. For, well, three things, in fact. First of all, he's a legend. Matt Barclay is, awesome. is an absolute legend yep, of agreed. all legends. He is now my favourite Australian in the whole wide world. That's a low bar. Apart from me. Shit. Have you got a shovel? I've got a spare shovel. I've got a shovel somewhere. <laughs> okay. My second thing I found out. Favourite male Australian. Yeah. <laughs> well done. My second thing I found out that Russell was very busy with his dog um, hotel because Matt told me because i haven't seen russell for about two weeks and the third thing i found out that tina our guest today was preparing by going out last night and getting hammered down in bangla road apparently she was on the stage at seduction is what i heard <laughs> is that uh, not right I, there's, there's a face there. i'm not going to confirm there, or deny there, yeah there are no no photographs proving that so yeah, yeah. tina what happened in Patong stays in Patong. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I haven't been to Tom for years. Right. Um, Tina from Phuket has been good to us. I was thinking this the other day. It wasn't we... last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that we call each other by, like you're Russell from Canine Dog. You're Tina from Phuket has been good to us. I'm Jay. Careful. From... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that we always seem to talk about people as though the, their job becomes their surname. Yeah, yeah. And for women, it's usually somebody's wife. So at least, at least it's my job. Well, that's very true. Okay, Tina Hall from Phuket has been good to us. Wasn't out drinking last night, apparently. Allegedly. allegedly. Not much. <laughs> um, when did you first get to Phuket? About 13 years ago. Okay, and what was it that brought you here? Um, it was a six-month holiday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think we've all heard that before, yeah, haven't right. we? Um, yeah, I was volunteering for six months and my husband was playing golf for six months. And then we were going back to Sydney to work. And you're... 
Originally Australian? No, no, I was born in the UK. Okay, that's good, because you haven't got that horrible Australian twang. Apart from Matt, who's got a lovely Australian tang. Very soft. Oh, he is soft. Yeah, yeah. And cuddly. He's Sorry, Tina. I've, I've, I've got a man crush on Matt. You Barclay. really? Have, I want to know, I want to know what did he... Okay, what, what, go on. What did he do for you this morning? I need to know. Well, <laughs> I was... Is that podcastable? <laughs> I was interviewing... I was, oh, God, I can't talk. We just had a cuddle. I, I was, <laughs> We just woke up together. <laughs> and I was like, what's that? <laughs> G'day, Jay. How are you? You get in trouble. I can help you. No, I was interviewing him for a video that I'm about to shoot to explain to Australians that are coming here from Australia, or they might be living somewhere else, um, what the Australian console does and what the role is and what they can and can't do. Right, et cetera, et cetera. So cool. No, it was a pretty cool, actually. It was really cool. Really, really nice to talk to him. And... Um, Cam was there, who is... His, have you met Cam, his assistant? No, no. Oh, anyway, Cam was there. He's lovely. Proper lovely. Right, back to you, Tina. Okay. So you decided to come here for a six-month holiday. What were you doing in Australia at the time that gave you the opportunity to take six months off? And how did we get started in that? Uh, yeah, well, I'd already taken six months off. What? Actually, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's track right back. Let's go right back to the very You said you were born in the UK. Whereabouts? Right, Kidderminster. Okay. Yeah, lo- a lot of people know Kidderminster because it's got a lot of islands. Like traffic islands. What do I was going to say, Indonesia's got lots of islands. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Maldives, isn't it? <laughs> so when roundabouts is what most people call yeah. them. Yeah, roundabouts, yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's what British people call them, yeah. But I don't think anybody else... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't call them what islands. About, what about your audience? They don't know what roundabouts audience? are. Audience? Mum, what do you call roundabouts? <laughs> <laughs> she won't be fucking listening. No, Not now, anyway. Not now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were we? I oh, don't yeah. even know where Kidderminster is. Worcestershire. Worcestershire, but everybody yeah. always says, well, yeah. That, that doesn't help me. In the triangle of, of Great Britain, come on, Russell. Triangle? Yeah, that's England, Britain, really? Scotland's <laughs> at the top. He didn't do geography, did he? No, I didn't. No. Wales is on that side. Essex yeah. is down that bit. Where's Worcestershire, wherever you just said? Uh, near Birmingham. I, yeah, why don't you say Birmingham? There you go. The only thing I know Central. about... <laughs> Central. Kind of middle of the island. Uh, you see, he's calling it an island. No, now. you mean the Great Britain no, island? Essentially, <laughs> who cares? It's in the middle of the island. Oh, for Christ's sake, this is ridiculous. Anyway, Tina from Kidderminster, right? Fine. What got you to Australia? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just jump forward massively. Yeah. Um, oh, better question. When did you move to Australia? When did I move to Australia? Uh, when I was about uh, early thirties. Oh, 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 okay. Hmm. I was expecting as a kid, but that no, right, okay. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Oh, yeah. So you grew okay. up and the whole schooling, university stuff, all yep. through. Yeah. In the UK. What did you want to be when you was growing up? Uh, didn't know. A boy, probably. I hate, hate, pretty much hated being a girl. Well, now, luckily, <laughs> you're in you right can place. do that. <laughs> it's fine. We can call you Brian for the rest of the thing. It's absolutely fine. I'm sure Graham will love oh, this. Just Graham on this. There's a hell of a way to find out, but it ain't cool, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. really sorry. I'm yeah. not sure I ever shared that. Yeah. <laughs> you have now. There's a hell of a form to do it. More power to you, I say. Was there a university course for that? I yeah. Know. Being a boy? Uh, well, yeah. No. But no, joking aside, mm. what, what, did you have any aspirations of, uh, of anything at all? Mm, nothing, no, no. So you just went through school, university? Yeah. Well, so what happens was, when you're born in Kidderminster, you have a great childhood. You don't know how lucky you are. You can go and climb trees, you can cycle, you can skateboard, you can do anything safely, but it gets a bit boring when you become a teenager. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I really, really wanted to go to London, so I went to college in London. And what did you study in London? Business studies. Okay. Which is the go-to one, sorry. Older brother, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, had he done? Had he beaten the path for you, as it were? Yeah, yeah. He was the first one of us to go to uni in the whole family. He went to Nottingham. Okay. Yeah, a bit cleverer than me. Yeah. <laughs> so after the business studies, you just milled around the UK until your early thirties. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. You know. Yeah, yeah. Lived in <laughs> lived in London. And what was you doing as work-wise? So I worked uh, for this organisation. <clears throat> called the Institute of Health Services Management. So basically it was um, running events for people that were managing hospitals and GP surgeries. So raising money or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, d- I did some fundraising and sponsorship. Because what I'm trying to, is I'm just trying to work out where you go from growing up, what job you did to get you into becoming a volunteer and you know, where, where how's the mindset work for you? What was it that really got you to thinking about doing volunteer work? Uh, well, well, my first job was actually for a not-for-profit. That that organisation was a not-for-profit. Um, and I, I work for a business right now, not-for-profit. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different. Yeah. That's podcasting for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure really. Um, I guess I was brought up to always put others before myself. Um, and then I had various contracting roles uh, in Australia. And whenever I was working for a not-for-profit, uh, the day was just had so much more meaning. Uh, than okay. than working for a corporate. Why did you go to Australia? Uh, uh, Graham, my my husband, although born in the UK, uh, spent most of his life in Australia. Hence the dodgy accent. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I better not. Poor, poor thing's having but a bit you, of a knock today, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so you met him in the UK? Yeah, in London, yeah. And you and, and, and what was the thing that the spark that made you go, do you know what, Graham? You're the one. Uh no, we just just laugh. Okay. Yeah. Drugs and alcohol help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he he spent so he was Was he, he living in the UK at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was but, working in London as well. But he grew up in Australia. Pretty uh, much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you decided, do you know what, Graham? Let's go to Australia. Or was it Graham that was the one that said, let's go? Uh, well, I'd already been there. When I left college, I saved up and I went to Australia because I always wanted to go to the Great Barrier Reef. Um, so I'd already done that and I knew that I loved Australia. So, uh, yeah, he said he wanted to go back and, yeah, didn't have to ask me twice. Yeah, fair enough. What was it that you loved? Because you're sat in two... Well, you're sorry, you're sat in a room right now with two of us who... I've never, ever been to Australia and I've never wanted to. Well, Matt's going to take you there now. Oh, if Matt, if Matt, Matt can take me anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can take me anywhere. I love him so much. Um, but what was it that, that you fell in love with, with Australia? Uh, well, back in the day, um, people, people didn't, didn't chase the dollar. I, I think it's probably quite different Is there that now. Is that a euphemism? Or? <laughs> y- yes and no. <laughs> yeah, you know, pe- people actually enjoyed their lives. So pretty much Friday afternoon, you left work early, you go down the beach, um, or at lunchtime, you you go and have a few drinks with your colleagues. Uh, people just didn't go to work and stay there for every hour that they possibly could, which is kind of what a bit like what London was, you know. Really, I think it's like that here now. Just thinking, I think that if I go down the beach on the on the sunset, you see so many people still working on their phones. Yeah. Or just at weekend. I mean, I work Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think that's more of a societal shift. But I, I I get what you're saying in terms of, um, and it's not. It's not 
that long ago. I mean, sm- smartphones, what, in terms of, might be talking 15 years, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So in terms of the, the ability to do that, that's a new thing. Does the 8210 count as a smartphone or not really? No. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, my first job in, uh, in Sydney, I was doing research um, and I was researching in books and magazines, you know, it, it, it was yeah, so different. Yeah, I had different. to go somewhere that, that, I had to go to a library. What's that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, w- once you'd left work, you'd left work for sure. Yeah. But yeah, now now we're, we're, we're expected to answer messages and emails 24-7, aren't we? And we do. No, I know. Mm. That's the, I mean, WhatsApp is now the new thing for me. I mean, I'm, I'm working with WhatsApp most of my time now. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't stop. No. If you're listening, Sean, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you decided you and Graham fell in love. It all got hazy. The little clouds created a little heart around you as you was walking down the streets of London. And then you went, let's go to Australia. Do you have any idea what you wanted to do when you got over there? Uh, no, no. So in did, fact, did Graham know what he wanted? Or was it just kind of a, like, let's just go? We, we were actually not going to go and live there. We were just going to go there for a bit of a holiday. Um, so, yeah, so you've got you've got precedence, have you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we we were there for about ten years, off and off and on. Yeah, but okay. yeah, but no, we weren't actually going to go and emigrate. We were just going to go for a holiday. And whereabouts? Um, well, his family were in Adelaide, so we went there to start with, and then and then we went to Sydney, and then we went and lived in Cairns for a couple of years yeah, uh, in Queensland. Queens. Started down south, moving further up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the Great Barrier Reef again, which is where you wanted to go. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And what, what did you end up doing there when you were there? Uh, well, the first job um, we both did was underwater videography, which is my oh, wow. favourite job. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you were a, a diver as well. <coughs> yeah. Now that Graham is a, is a diver, I didn't know, so that's what you're doing. Yeah. You didn't want to take that up, because that sounds like a fantastic thing to do, underwater photography. <coughs> Would you shush, Ooh. Russell? Are you okay? Sorry, he does this. <laughs> It's called Mess Sorry. Up Jay's Editing. I was going to say, was, was the attention not on him for a moment <laughs> <Yeah>. there? <laughs> That's fair, fair point. Yeah. It's all right, Tina. I want to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Melbourne Cup coming up, Russ. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can let loose soon. Okay, why how, did you how not... you turn that microphone off? Yeah. <laughs> why did you not continue with the underwater photography? Because that does sound like a... An, a beautiful job yeah yeah um it, it, w- it was a great job it was lovely and i got to work on some great boats and and did some amazing diving um well you can't make any money at it um so that was a bit tricky uh, so we both started teaching diving and guiding diving in cairns did it for a couple of years and that's that's great fun as well but it's pretty exhausting and it's physically mm. challenging um and i'm not very very strong um and you have to hoik tanks around and weight belts and you know you oh sorry i'm thinking of a different type of tank ah. <laughs> i was thinking of proper i don't know why i put my fist out <laughs> <laughs> That's right yeah no diving tanks yeah, not air, diving tanks air, air tanks yes. air tanks yeah yeah so it's actually physically quite demanding so as much fun as it is it it gets a bit exhausting as you get older so yeah and then what after the diving um went back to sydney did did uh, work off and on in Sydney, and uh, we did quite a few backpacking trips as well. And was Graham playing golf at this point? Um, no, not really. He was he was kind of more cricket, <laughs> but uh, uh, bas- base basket baseball. Sorry, baseball. The ones with a stick I, and one yeah, without a stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can I can I confuse those sports. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. 
Okay, I was gonna I was gonna say something really racist then, and I, I just exactly I totally what, yeah. stopped. I know exactly. I what totally you're going stopped. Well, that he's not tall enough for the other. No, that yeah, that will go with that. Ah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one because it yeah, that's, yeah, that was, that saves me getting into it's trouble. trouble. Um, okay, so I want to get to the point now. You've decided to take. You've done your diving. You've done. You're bumming around doing a few other bits and pieces, teaching and stuff. Now you thought you needed time off. Yeah. <laughs> Because you just said you had, six, you had six months off before you even came here. Yeah. So what did you do for those six months off in Australia? Uh, oh, we weren't in Australia. We actually, um, we, we, we did a backpacking trip. We did How a... old were you when you were going backpacking 30 years ago? I know. it was. You only left for Australia at 30. I know. We, we did a lot of backpacking for those 10 years, 30 to 40. And uh, yeah, we were, we were like people's parents or elder brother or sister <laughs> in, the, in the hostels. A, bit, a little bit embarrassing. But, um, yeah. Although you say that, but actually, I reckon that's kind of cool. In the same way, I'd love to go back to university now. Because you, you know it all, eh? It's, it's not just that. You, the bit you know is going through university life. Yeah. So, and you know kind of obviously where a lot of their, they are at. And I remember some of the more mature students in terms of age, not personality, when I was <laughs> at uni. And I, kind of, I, can, I can see the link now. So in the same way, kind of backpacking, but at, a, at an older age with all these sort of youngsters around, I can see how, yeah, they would sort of rely on us to be like you know, the parents in the room or the, the, the crazy uncle or what have you. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. I'd enjoy yeah. that. To actually get them to see some sights and not drink all night, yeah? I wouldn't kind of get that far. <laughs> I'm just thinking about going back to university now and the opportunities that might come up. That'd be amazing. Absolutely, that's what I'm thinking about. <clears throat> so what would you study? Um, Most of the women in the class. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say anatomy, but yeah, I'll, I'll take both of those. Um, so you decided to have a bit of. So where were you travelling for those that period of time before you came to Thailand? <clears throat> I don't have a very good memory, and um, <laughs> so it was either. Is that because of the drugs and alcohol, or just because the alcohol when you was backpacking? The moonshine that you and Graham yeah. were selling to fund your ten-year backpacking <laughs> to journey. To young kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was either uh, Central America or South America. I can't, I can't quite. Well, one's, well, one's America and one's Spanish speaking. So, did they speak English with a twang, or were they speaking Spanish? I, I, I think that was our South South America trip. Okay, good. Uh, and the year before would have been our Central America trip, but I, it's all a bit hazy, okay. really. So, if I asked you what you enjoyed about either Central or South America, were there any particular highlights, or does it all kind of blur into one? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely incredible travels. Incredible okay. travels. Yeah, it's just, just it's hard when you see so many amazing things to for me to remember when when it was that I saw it. But yeah, um, incredible. I mean, uh, my favourite bit of that whole area rather large area uh was that we got to dive in galapagos oh, beautiful. yeah yeah and in terms of uh so you did two separate trips central america yeah. and the next one was south america and how long were these sort of trips uh, about six months each and throughout that time did you kind of ever at any stage think you know what we could we could we could stay here uh or was it no. always a case of no we're this is lovely we're enjoying this but we are going to move on yeah, yeah, it was it was always we're going to move move on, but not not because some of those places wouldn't have been magical to mm. to stay in, but just because you knew you were going to run out of money, yeah. and then there was the getting back to Australia and desperately needing to get to get another get job. Work, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So you've done your travels, and then you think, right, Phuket. Was it Phuket you decided to come to? Or was it an Asia backpacking trip? How did the actual the arrival to Phuket come about? 
Yeah, we'd already been here before, so we knew um, that we really liked Phuket. So no, we, we were coming here for Phuket, okay. particularly. To dive or to golf or to just holiday? Uh, well, Graham wanted to play golf and we were also going to be, be diving. And Sorry to say, but golf is very expensive, yes. especially here in Phuket. Yes. In fact, it's probably the most expensive place in the whole world to play golf. <laughs> so as a backpacker coming here to play golf... Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess we were sort of on our way back to jobs in, in Sydney. But yeah, I'm with you. Expensive, expensive sport. And, and some of the trousers he wears. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so is diving. You know, that's a, diving yeah, that's is true. hugely expensive. Yeah. Is and it? I wouldn't... Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never really been... A, I mean, my daughter Zahara wants to learn. In fact, I have to get her dive lessons because I promised her for her 11th birthday. But I said I'd wait for the weather to get nice. Hopefully, his wet season will last for... Mm. Another five years. <laughs> I could save up. But is it an expensive yes. hobby? It is, is it? Yeah, it is. Where's the expense come from? Because you've just got air. And well, a boat. And a kit. And you've got to get the boat. And you've got to get the, the instructors. And You don't need any. I've seen some paddy instructors. They don't get paid a lot. They're half drunk anyway. <laughs> um, <let> me, <laughs> I better get off the whole paddy thing because that's not a good place to be. Okay, so you, you came here and you thought you're just going to have another six-month holiday. Yep. But kind of a working holiday, so a bit of, or not at all, just diving and playing golf and that was it. Uh, well, I was volunteering and G was playing golf. Can I, two things, were you planning on staying in Phuket the whole time or were you going to travel a bit of Thailand? Yeah, no, uh, we hadn't really decided to right, be okay. honest. Yeah. Um, in terms of the volunteering, how did that come about and where, where were you? Did you come here and, and then start volunteering or did you organise the volunteering before you got here? No, I've, I've fa- I found the volunteering once I was here. Okay, yeah. and who was that with? Phuket has been good no, to okay, us so foundation. Yeah, yeah, straight away, yeah. 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 Okay, for those who don't know, because now we've, we've, we've caught up to, we've done your whole life. <laughs> it's great. Kidderminster <laughs> has <laughs> islands. You travelled around, you're not sure if it <laughs> yeah. was Central America or South America. Yeah, you, you have no idea. And you sold moonshine to backpackers travelling around the world. That's what we've got so far. Now you've landed in Phuket. Mm. Now you're working for Phuket has been good to us. Back then, 13 years ago, what was Phuket has been good to us? Um, so back back then, um, unfortunately, just, our, uh, just before we arrived, the founder of the charity had passed away. Um, and Sorry, the founder was a Thai or a... Uh, uh, he was American, Tom McNamara. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. He used to own Ban Rinpa Restaurant yeah, yeah, Group. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd started the charity after the tsunami um, and he used to fund it uh, himself and his friends, his golfing buddies actually from Blue Canyon. Um, and they just they used to fund the English teachers. And so it's, it's to give children education. Yeah. So is it children that have lost parents or any children or how does what's the... The crutch of it. Criteria. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they start the charity before I, I arrived started in uh, Kalim School, which is a little primary school, um, and it's got a really poor catchment area. Uh, and then uh, the next year they moved to Kamala School, the school in Kamala, big one on the beach by the temple. Um, and the the aim of the charity, as you say, is to teach English so that the children have greater opportunities, um, not just in tourism, but, you know, English is the, the, the language of science, um, so opportunities for further education. It's the language of the world, it's the language yeah. of business. Yeah, so um, that, that, that's, that's why the charity was founded. But you mentioned uh, children that might not have parents or might not have stable homes, so there are children living at Camilla School uh, where we teach English 
uh, about 200 of them, and they live there during term time uh, for various reasons. Um, they might be orphans or their families might not be able to look after them, or they might not be able to get to school every day. So they live at school, and then they can safely go to school. They get breakfast and they get dinner, um, and they're safe. When, when you first joined, what, were you, what was your role? What were you doing? Uh, yeah, I was a volun- volunteer. So I helped. Uh, so the children that live at the school... Um, the teachers, our teachers who are teaching English, um, they run an after-school club for them mm. uh, because 3.30, all the, all the other kids club. go home into the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at 3.30, there's a coconut club um, and the children who live at school can just turn up and no matter how bad their day was, they can just relax and they've got their teachers there and, and volunteers who, who they know and trust um, and they can they can enjoy, enjoy an hour after mm-hmm. school, you know, and if something bad has happened to them, they can maybe talk to their teacher and, and uh, sort of, you, you know, when you go home, you uh, I was lucky enough to be able to talk to my mum or, you know, my dad and, and tell them about stuff that happened to me during the day or if I was picked upon or whatever. Uh, and then you, you get that out of your system and then you have your dinner and mm. you relax, you know, and, and these children don't, don't have that. Um, and so our coconut club gives them that. See, that's really interesting mm. because when you, well, when I think about the coconut club, it's just like an after school kind of youth club. But I didn't realize it's more than just that. It's a place where the children can actually talk. Yeah. Which is really interesting because, yeah, I mean, obviously with kids, Zahara, I shouldn't, mean, shouldn't yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Zahara came home the other day and she was a little bit upset because she'd had a bad time at school yeah. and she, she let it out and she told me about it. And that's interesting because, you know, I just think that's normal. Yeah. But yeah, there's kids there, and if they can't let it out, then that whole thing is just going to be in their head the whole time, and that's kind of a bad place to be. It is, it is. And, and yeah, it, look, it was set up as a youth club. It was set up so that, that you know, we've got amazing uh, friends of the foundation, volunteers who bring um, skateboards and board games and, and uh, arts and crafts, and the kids enjoy that, uh, that those after-school activities, but equally as important it, it is, is the fact that they know that there's someone there that they can trust and talk to that's brilliant yeah. so that you're obviously in, enjoying the time there you've, you've gone through your we're going to be here for six months and then we're off again yeah at, at what point did and, and what brought about the discussion of we might extend and stay longer and yeah. no one ever planned to do it for 13 years but <laughs> at some point we'll stay for a couple of years maybe right so how, how did that kind of come about yeah yeah maybe not even a couple of years so what happened is when when i started volunteering the guy that was doing my job he was about to go back to the u.s and um he, there was no one to take his job and so basically the charity we didn't i didn't see how the charity was going to continue and nor did the senior teacher at the time um and so she she said to me well why, look why don't you take that job um we've got to raise some funds um we've got to keep going mm-hmm. uh, and having volunteered and met the kids and seen how their their lives were were you know, improved invested yeah um she got me and i'm like yeah 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 it's going to be easy so i sort of said said to graham said to my husband um you know he you you've met <laughs> these news and bad news. <laughs> <laughs> well you know he met the kids as well and he's like yeah yeah we, we, we have to do this um i didn't realize quite how how difficult it was going to be to mm-hmm. raise funds and to, you know continue to raise funds so let's track back what year did you first so it was I know, I was just stupid of me, I'm asking you a question about you. 2009? So yeah, about 2009, 2010-ish. Yeah. I'm trying to work it out when I first, because I was working for Byron at Phuket Island Radio 
yes. was my first encounter with yourself and Phuket has been good to us. Right. And I'm trying to work out the dates and that must that be was, that, that, was, two, that was 2009. Cause I went to yeah, there you go. 2009, 10. Right. And I think that was the first time that, because well, where were we? I can't remember what it was and how we even met. It, would, it was obviously it been a charity event. idea. It would, would, would no doubt have been one of the fundraising events. Well, what was come? The, let's track back. Do you remember the first events that you you did? Um, let's see if we can remember them. Yeah, there was an, there was an art event. I oh, wouldn't um, have done that one. That's boring. <laughs> That's boring straight away. Go on. Let's the, go, can no, we go to the, the fun events. Uh, no, Indochine no. was the first Melbourne, Melbourne Cup. Cup. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, when yeah. Beppe, because right. I DJed there, mm. and that was where. And we'll get onto the Melbourne Cup in a minute. Um, so, but, but that was what, that what? when they made you wear a, a yellow suit. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking that yellow! I've got a picture of it and a stupid hat. The, the problem with that suit—it was like a shell suit uh, yeah. material. This was at Anzar. No, not Anzar. It was at the the what's that place up in Laguna? Latitude. Where they, latitude. The latitude. The, the yeah, massive yeah. <clears throat> latitude. Yeah. Thing that I did that and Donna. The marquee. The marquee and Donna Toon was MCing. I'm not sure if that was Phuket has been no, good to us that time. No, no, I don't remember that one. No. No, and I can't remember who put me in this stupid yellow thing that if I got too close to a spark, it would just. Like, I mean, if I <laughs> if I filled up with petrol, I could <laughs> catch on fire. It was horrible. I looked such an idiot. I was DJing at the one at um, Indochine. Indochine. God, whatever happened to Indochine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh not, when, not a lot when it was going to be no, honest. No, that's just true. <laughs> but that's when Beppe was um not Beppe because he was in EastEnders. <laughs> Pepe. 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 Pepe was yeah. running Indochine, I think, at that point. Or as he was something to do with it down there. Anyway. Did you do the May balls as well? Yeah. Cause I remember that's doing right, a May yeah. ball at not when it wasn't Anxana. What was it before? There was it Sheraton. 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 Yeah. Sheraton. Yeah. But there was also one that we went down to with DJ Doris. I'm not sure if that was Phuket has been good to us down south. So. And we were to, and we dressed up and we got a picture of you, me, and, yeah. and Doris. God rest his soul. That, that I tell you where that was. That was boat uh, boat boat lagoon. It was uh, Peter Weber's restaurant. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I didn't do that one. I'm sure you did. Did I? It was Abitastic. No, Abitastic. Oh, no, I wouldn't have done you, it. No, I you didn't, weren't there. There was no way in <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I weren't. would go to anything called Abitastic. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Uh, I won't. You know which one I mean, though, don't you? I know, no, I know that. I remember, I'm thinking this one, the Abitastic one. I, no, I don't know which one. That was one RPM. Oh, RPM. Yeah, was, that was at RPM. Okay, oh. I didn't go yeah. to that one. But, I, but is that when Peter's... Who jumped in the... Someone jumped in the water, though. I'm no. sure someone, they, they, it was like a, 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 don't you two look at each other. Have I, listen, drugs and alcohol, <laughs> today, okay, right? It's not my, at least I know where Central America and South America is, so don't you sit there and laugh at me, woman. Yeah, we're, we're cutting that bit out. Yeah. No, we're not. We're <laughs> nothing out, nothing at all. Abitastic was Abitastic. I'll tell you a story about Abitastic. Well, I just want to, I'm trying to work out, let's, okay, so. I, t- I, t- I tell you what, where on. we might have met the first time was at uh, Bliss Beach Club, because you mentioned Pepe. Yeah, but that was a long time after. Because mm. there was also, wasn't there another Melbourne Cup well, at Andara? There was certainly. There was a there fashion was, show at Andara. There was a fashion show yeah. at Andara, and yeah. I was, and we were live on air. That's right. That was the radio days. That was back in the radio days. That was yeah. that yeah. Luca has been yes. good to us. That was yes. two thousand nine. Okay, so that. Russell, I know. I, honestly, no, two thousand nine for sure. I went to the states in, at the end of two thousand nine, and I was at the radio before that. Right. 2009-10, I was in the States. Because that was the first time we'd ever really started to do live broadcasting and it was kind of, Correct. it was really hectic because I think I had to MC and live, do my show live at the same time and it was quite tricky because wasn't that when, what's his face, did he, oh no. I mean, but, the, 
the summer festival at Laguna as well. Was that Phuket has been good to us this summer? No, no. That, was just, that was the Laguna event for those two okay. weeks. Let's get back to. Don't mention them. Then they're not charity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to charity stuff. Um, before we talk about this year's Melbourne Cup, mm. which we are going to get onto, how hard is it doing your job? Now, I tell you why, and we've talked about this before, Russ, with the fact that years ago, when Russ and I were really heavily involved in charities, not that we get asked anymore to do anything. I don't know why. Maybe we're just old and bitter, <laughs> twisted, cynical, can't control us on the microphone. Should, I, re- I reckon we should make a comeback. They've realised what we're actually like. <laughs> and you give me a microphone, I say, are you sure about Are you this? sure about this? Yeah. I said that to the... Um, who just, was it? I did. Go on. No, no. Just before we get on to the... Cause how bad we are well that that too that's a separate that's a separate podcast in itself um in terms of the job that you do how has it changed from the day you started over the course of the last decade and a bit because you must have seen a a tremendous amount of change within your organization Mm. but also in the work that you do yourself with and for the organization yeah, and I'm guessing for a start, you perhaps and correct me if I'm wrong. Have you got less involvement with the kids now than you did at the beginning, or has that stayed the same? No, ab- absolutely less involvement. But yeah, um, yeah so I, I think that you kind of have to. You could talk to how my job changed up until COVID, and then it's completely turned on on the head right, again yeah, yeah. because all running up to COVID, um, I'd say that we had. We had, volun- we had volunteers coming in every year, two or three volunteers from overseas to help me with fundraising. Some and of them are Some of them are yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them are bloody awesome, to be fair. You're very welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Phuket has been good to us. Jay. <laughs> launched, she was lovely. Launched this podcast. She did launch the podcast, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. There you go, you say. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, what, what was the question? Well, the, the, the question was, what's the, how's the job how's changed, the job changed? <laughs> in the last 10 years pre-COVID? But I also want to bring up, because it was my point, what I was trying to get to when I was talking about the events, is years ago, there was only a couple of big charity events. Mm. And we, we have talked yep. about this before, Russell, where the May Ball, et cetera, was yep. a huge one where loads of money was raised mm. up. Nowadays, and over the last probably, I don't know, 10, 10 years, years or so, yeah. there was a charity coming up in every single week or every month there was a different charity and all these charities were out there. And I'm not knocking any of them and I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to get to that. But before, you know, you had these one big ones which were amazing and so much money was raised. How has that affected you from Phuket has been good to us with the money that's been raised as well over the last 10 years as well as how has the job changed? Because obviously you've now got a... A competition is the wrong word, but it is it is the it word is the right really. Word. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think yeah because because there are other, there are other events that people can attend or can donate to. Um, the the bigger events became it, it, they were impossible. You mm-hmm. couldn't have that big event because there wasn't that once or twice a year that people could join a fundraising event. They could they could go to one of ten a year. So yeah, those big events just just, just stopped. Um, but I'm sure you guys know that you can put almost as much energy into a small event that makes tens of thousands of baht. Um, it takes similar amount of energy to to make one that uh, to put an event together that makes a million baht. You know, yeah. and that is that is a problem that that you're working on ten events or five events instead of one. And, and put COVID to one side. Have you seen the uh, the charitable donations drop? because more charities have come 
or has it kind of maintained the level? Maintained the level. Thank you, Russ. Because you've done lots more smaller events. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was pretty much main, maintain, maintaining uh, a, a pretty good level before COVID, because what 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 happens is you cement your relationships. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a good way to kill people as well, cement. Cement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't find them. Good for diving as well. You get a little statue of a skeleton. Have I gone too far? It's carbonite. Okay. Yeah. Is that uh, carbonite? Well, if you're referencing Star Wars. No, yeah, I wasn't. I was referencing the mafia killing people with. I, I should explain my jokes more, shouldn't I? You probably should. Because when you said about the... When he, the, when he says jokes... Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a link from... Right, where, Tina. Where, I was going to be nice <laughs> to you about this Melbourne Cup, and I'm not going to be now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, go on. What's for dinner, Jake? Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, let's not start doing puns, horse puns, because I still pissed off with your bloody puns from last one with Damien. Um, it's a shame actually we can't put the one on before because there were some good puns in that one as well. Um, sorry, Tina. So how are you going to come up with all these different charity events? Are, are you sitting there, are you scratching your head at night thinking, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to get more money? I should do this event, this event. Because obviously we've worked together doing the, the Black Tie Muay Thai yeah. years and years ago. What, God, yeah. what year was that? That was 2012? Mm. I'm trying to think of the poster. That's when Leo was, lovely Leo. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he could kick. <laughs> Bloody hell, he could kick. He hurt me. I know. Bless him. Thank you. Thank Love you. Him. Thank you for getting my ass kicked. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're more than welcome. I enjoyed the walking. Yeah. The rest of it, I didn't like. <laughs> but how are you coming up with these events? Um, so this, what pre-COVID, this was the beauty of having these uh, amazing volunteers coming in from overseas. So they came in with lots of new ideas. Um, and then, of course, having we've all been been on this island for a long time, um, and you meet the most amazing people. And the charity is lucky that it has a lot of supporters um, who also have great ideas. So, yeah, it's certainly not me. I'm not the ideas man. I'm the del- delivery. Yeah. So you really want to be a man, don't you? I mean, for Christ's <laughs> sake, bringing it back out. Um, all right. So we've got coming up the. Um, oh, when did you? Just, let's do the history of Melbourne Cup because you didn't always do the Melbourne Cup. Uh, it's been passed around from charities to charities. Yes. Didn't you do one once, Russ? No. You we, helped. We had, we, no, we did an Ascot event okay. years ago. That was perhaps our last big, big event. Cracky, that was. And that's for pause, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's but didn't big... you have horses? Yeah. <laughs> you brought real horses. Yeah. What was... are you doing, Tina? Yeah. <laughs> have you got real horses? Yeah. That was, well, that was you'll, like, have to come al- you'll have to come along to you find out. You know I'm coming along because <laughs> I have to come. Al- no, I want to come along, sorry. Over a decade ago, that. So when did you jump on the Melbourne Cup, so to speak? Jump, jump on? Jump, yeah, yeah. jump on. Yeah, um, when, um, I can't remember. So I think there was one, maybe the International Women's? Yes. I think, yes, that's right. I think the... The, the Kitten and Knitting Club. <laughs> to call it. I did that joke once. And they, no, don't look at me like that. They never invited me back. Don't and worry. And you wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> they love me, though. They did love me. Yeah. They, I, the dressing gown on stage got us not invited back to the UWC ones. Yeah, we never got invited back to UWC. That wasn't the dressing gown. That was more the fact that heartfelt comment from that kid who yeah. was getting bombed. And then I walk out in the dressing gown and made a totally yeah. joke that shouldn't have happened. Wasn't my fault. We planned the joke. We yeah, never planned fair, for the yeah. kid to get up there and tell yeah. him how he'd been shot at and bombed and his family had died. And yeah, oh, it was, honestly, it oh. was, yeah, it was bad. T- and I tripped he, over. He really ruined our script. Yeah, <laughs> the joke was brilliant. The joke was very funny, but yeah. Anyway, timing less so. Um, so you you did the first one that we're going back to. The first one I remember was at 
what's it called? Indochine. Then there was Underwoods. Was it un- Underwoods? Underwoods yeah. has done a couple, hasn't yeah. it, as well? Yeah, And then I wonder if and it was the International Women's Club <coughs> Committee, whatever they're called, did the one at I think Latitude that was then? Latitude. At the Because hu- you and I did that. I... Did we? We did. And then the Hyatt Camilla. Sorry, I'm pointing my finger. The Hyatt Camilla. Oh, I, I didn't oh, yeah. go to that one. Yeah. But I do remember that one. So that the Melbourne Cup? Why the Melbourne Cup? Mm. Um, well, I, I guess you've got a lot of Aussies, Aussies living here. And it's daytime uh, drinking. I mean, yeah. Bizarre. Well, well <laughs> and go, going Pawns back... Pawns are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> going back to, you know, why living in Australia w- was fun. Because Australians, they work hard, but they play hard as well. Allegedly. <laughs> Some don't work that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, just before we, we... The Melbourne Cup, so what actually... just. Talk us through the event. For those who have never been, what, what does the actual event entail? Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, tail. That's <laughs> part of a horse. Well done. Thanks. Um, I don't know why I'm saying thanks. Thanks. So it's, it's basically um, an opportunity for people to dress up uh, and wear a beautiful hat and have brunch with their friends. I mean, the, for, for, I'd say, 50% of the people there, the, the race itself is ni- neither here nor there. Yeah. And not everybody actually wat- watches the race. Um, so, yeah, it's an opportunity to, to gather with your mates. So it's a brunch? It's a brunch. So, and then, so the, the money raised will go to Phuket has been good to us. And then on the, actually at the event, is there any other things? Let me guess, silent auction, live <laughs> yeah. auction. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So I just reel them off. Yeah, but but there there's there's a few different things about this event. So actually, actually at the mm. sorry, where is it? We don't even know. We should we should big it up a little bit. Melbourne. No, <laughs> no I know it's fucking Melbourne, right? <laughs> Tina, I'm trying my hardest to be nice. We talked about this the other day. I'm trying my hardest to be nice to you. <coughs> Throwing a bone at me like that. <coughs> where is the event? She's just trying Not... to stir up things up. Hey! <laughs> Oh, cobblers to you both. Yeah. It doesn't work really, does it? <laughs> no, because really. no, that's back. shoe people, isn't it? Not horseshoes either. Yeah, get back in your saddle. Um, oh, nice one. Just, yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll rein it in I've a got, minute. I've got, I've got one, I've got one, I've got one. I'm having a mare. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. whereabouts is the Phuket has been good to us Melbourne Cup event that is happening on the 1st of November Here this in year in Phuket right. on the planet Earth? Right. Well, Firefly at the pavilions are hosting it for Wow, us. they're taking a lot of events at the moment, aren't they, Firefly? Yeah. yeah. Toonie's gone. Why are we still going there? <laughs> Who are we supporting there? Yeah. I don't know them anymore. Disgraceful. <laughs> yeah. So people can go and book tickets online, I'm assuming, or go to Phuket has been good to us. Dot, is it dot com or dot or dot UK dot Thailand? What do you mean you don't know? Um. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me, Tina. It's in Melbourne, isn't it? <laughs> I'll put the link in the description below so they can go to it. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, because the because the Pavilions is organising it for us, ah. they're taking the bookings. Are they? Okay, so yeah. I will get the link from the Pavilions and we'll Thank put you. it in the description so people can go and book it up. So it's basically, it's a brunch. It is. And um, I mean, the, the reason it's so much fun is that in Melbourne, at the real event, um, they have this thing called Fashions on the Field uh, and they... Um, you sort of have a fashion show and you have the best dressed yeah. lady and the best hat and, and we have the best... And best dressed man. Uh, be exactly, yeah. exactly. So you have all of you that. You could join that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. So sorry, see, this is great. 
And are you having those same things exactly. then at the thing? Okay. Exactly. And so you've obviously got, um, there's be a DJ playing. There'll be an MC to organize There'll be an MC to organize yeah. it all. We're just checking who's, yeah, who's <laughs> taking <laughs> our jobs. <laughs> Told you, mate, they don't want us anymore. Well, well I mean, that's Let another guess, reason ben for Jay being. Let me guess, Ben Jay will be DJing. Another reason for being, uh, maybe, yes. Oh, it's, n- it's, n- it's, n- it's not like your places have been taken or anything. But. Sounds like it has, to be honest. Well, we've got busy, Russ, to I be think fair. stabled. <laughs> Put out to pasture. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, nice. You were in here for two hours practicing yeah. this, weren't you? Hey, stop hey. that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any notes here, guys. Start, I notice. <laughs> Can I just say, Russell and I are not bitter that we are no longer invited to all the charity events. I'm actually... I we're very understanding. We're, yeah, really understanding. No, uh, I think that also, that I think the fact is, Russ, that our times have passed. We're older now. It's, it's about the youngsters coming through now and, and promoting Phuket has been good to us. Didn't I see a spaceman on stage at Underwoods? Oh, yeah, you might have seen that. But I did, once again, I had to say to them, you are giving me a microphone. Are you sure you want me to do this? Babylon Zoo. It, good no, tune. No, there was a great tune. Mm. It was, that one was for the Rotary Club of Patong. And all my jokes were basically about old men. And then at one point I said, please don't get on the stage because your Zimmer frames might go through the decking. That didn't go down very well, apparently. Zimmer frame? I wasn't invited back to their next event either. either. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. It was a good outfit, though. There's a, there's a theme. What, of me not getting invited? <laughs> Shut up. People love me. I can't help it that I'm just bitter and twisted and upset. Um... With regards to this event mm. and, and other events that you do, do you have a, a target in mind each time like, you know, what you want to raise and specific projects that this, the funds are going to go towards? Uh, yeah, yeah. So with, with the Melbourne Cup, we really need to raise half a million baht. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs just under that to pay a teacher, to keep a teacher and uh, their visas and their work permits for a year. Um, so basically the school year starts in May. Uh, and before that school year starts, we have to have enough money to know that we're going to be able to employ those teachers. Our, our teachers are incredible, and um, the, what, the teachers that we've been able to keep since COVID have been with us for seven years, our mm-hmm. senior teacher. Uh, our maths in, uh, the teacher that teaches maths in English, he's been with us for five years. Um, and a couple of teachers that we lost because we couldn't afford to, to uh, pay them. Um, because of COVID, and they've been with us for four years and, and three years. So you know, when you when you've got a team who are just so experienced and uh, really care about the children, you've got to make sure that when you sign a contract with them, that that you're going to get them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What's the, what's the average sort of term length, if you like, for for a member of staff staying? Um, I'm, I'm guessing sort of three to four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, honestly, it is usually because the teacher has to go and earn some more, more money. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a ceiling, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and how many, how, how big is the team? So since COVID, now we've got three teachers and a teaching assistant. Um, so we basically, we've lost um, two teachers because of COVID. And are COVID you financial, situ- yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. So, but are you in a situation where you need to have more people or is a team of the, the, the four sufficient yeah. with, with your current needs so what, what what happened was so when i keep saying because of covid sorry the financial constraints yeah, yeah, yes obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously um thank heavens um so yeah but the number of kids hasn't changed no no but what we what we had to do was our senior teacher who as i say is amazing uh, jalin had to decide what 
to, what to do with the teachers that, that we could mm -hmm. keep. So we've got this program called the, an English Integrated Studies Program at Kamala School, and we teach English for a couple of hours, maths in English, uh, and science in English. Mm -hmm. uh, so six hours of English a week for, th for these children. And that's a program that is for free for the school and the parents, and it's unheard of in, in a school to get that for free. Um, and these are disadvantaged children that are mm -hmm. getting this. So that's what we've focused on, and we've got enough teachers for that. And that is fabulous, and the program is going really well. It's seven years in now. But unfortunately, what we're not able to do, because we lost um, our teachers, is we're not able to teach half of the kids in primary school anymore in Kamala. So those children don't get a fluent English-speaking teacher, um, and that distresses us a great deal, and we want to do something about that. Um, and also we, we no longer teach at Kalim School mm -hmm. um, because we lost uh, the funding for the teacher who taught so, English So this Kalim Melbourne School. Cup is a, is a serious money spinner and we need to promote yeah. it as much as possible, get people there, get them having a brunch, get them enjoying it, get them dressing up. Yeah. Wearing nice hats, can they be designed yourself or are we talking buying hats? I think it's designed them yourself. Yeah, I, th I think... Well, that hat won't win. <laughs> You'll see that in the picture of the podcast. <laughs> There's no way that thing's winning. Yeah, I think usually the ones that win are the ones that people have uh, made, made themselves, themselves, actually. Uh, I think yeah. so. People should put the effort in to make Abs it themselves. Absolutely. And sorry, just to jump in. In terms of the, the fundraising elements, obviously with, with local events, local um, community support is, is fantastic. How much... Um, or how big is your reach out of Phuket or, or even out of Thailand? Do you have international donors, you know, Australia, Europe, the US, and, and do you do much to reach out to, to those markets? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only reason we're still here, actually. When, when COVID first hit, um, there were reports that uh, I think 70% of sm small charities around the world were going to fold. Um, and Phuket obviously had terrible financial uh, mm -hmm. difficulties of all businesses and people working here. Um, and we lost the vast majority of um, sponsorship and support from, from Phuket. But what, what we were, the reason we're here is because there are people from all over the world who support us. Mm -hmm. um, and although it was a dread, dreadful time uh, throughout the pandemic for people in Europe and in Australia, um, those friends that we have at, over there, they were still earning uh, mostly a reasonable mm -hmm. salary um, and they were able to continue su to support us. So actually 60% um, of our funding in 2021 came from personal donors from overseas, which is usually you know, 20%. Right, okay. Um, and people stepped it up as well. So what happened was I'd, I'd write, write to people and, um, you know, I was just basically begging them to help us and they were giving me more than they'd given me the previous year uh, or people that were no longer, had, had, had said, look, I, I'm, I've been supporting you for five or mm. six years. I'm just going to support another charity now. I went back to them and they came back to us. So, you know, it's it's... If I can just do a shout out to every single person that, that sure. supported us through that time. Just Thank incredible. you, every single person yeah. that supported Phuket Has Been Good. And anyone that supports charity work, not Absolutely. just Phuket Has Been Good to us. Listen, we, we're running out of, of, of time really, but I just really want to push the fact that the Melbourne Cup it is a fun event. Yeah. And if you do like brunches... Um, and who doesn't? And you don't have to be Australian. This was something someone said to me the other day. Oh, I'm not Australian. I didn't realise I, I could go. Well, you don't have to be Australian. You can be from any nationality and you can go and support. And like I said, fun. we'll put the links in the description below. Mm -hmm. Want to do a quick question? Not really. Okay, fair enough. Do you want right. to finish on that? 
What sort of things have you got on your bucket list? I'd see, why do you have to, why can't you just ask it straight away? Why do you have uh, to do that? Did you know he was, did you know that was like picking at him? He always picks we, at we, We've been talking about this for months, about changing this particular question. But and I'm happy to change it if you can come up with something better. What sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Um, okay. Where have you not travelled to for six months? Well, she doesn't know. <laughs> she has no idea. Yeah. Um, no, there is somewhere that I've always wanted to go. Uh, well, something I've always wanted to see. The Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. But very expensive. Can't be promised you're going to get to see it. And the best time to see it is when it's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. But one of these days, I'm going to see the Northern Lights. Fair enough. What about, what about you? Yeah, Russ, well, what about you? I've got a long list. Okay, we haven't got time for that. Yeah. Um, Melbourne Cup, 1st of November, Firefly, which is up in Layan at the Pavilions. Yep. It's going to be an awesome event. It's my I birthday am... two days later. Just putting it out there. 38th? 39th. Wow, you're getting old, mate. Wow. Almost 40, eh? <clears throat> yep, getting there eventually, slowly. <laughs> really slowly. <laughs> like really, really slowly. Like back in time. Absolutely. Slowly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will be there. I will be dressed up. I'm not sure I'll be wearing a hat. Oh. So do I need or to wear a yellow a hat? suit. I won't be wearing anything yellow suit wise or anything that will catch on fire. Um, but I will be there enjoying a brunch or two and um, probably not drinking because I. It's a, it, what day is it? The first? Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, yeah. I'll have school runs. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to do school runs. Anyway, there you go. Melbourne Cup, 1st of November. Tina from Phuket has been good to us. Thank you very much. Thank you. You did well. You were worried, weren't you? Yeah. But you did really well. Thank you. Well, And and look, it it takes a lot for people like you and all the other people, the good people in Phuket that put a load of effort into charity events. You know I work closely with Sean and we've we've interviewed Mm -hmm. Sue. Russell does a lot of stuff for charity or used to. He's given up now because he doesn't really give a shit anymore about the... (laughs) The little kids. He's a bastard, Russell. <laughs> but there are a lot of people out there that do like Chantel and all those sort of people that put so much effort in. I've got utmost respect for you guys because I don't do enough. Um, but think, there's I people like you that do. And I think that's it's amazing. You have to have a heart of gold and, and, and you, oh, God knows how you do it. And, and that's, that's, that's a key point, to keep doing it year after year. And it's, it's, raising money is not easy. No. Right? Whatever no. the cause, raising money is not easy. And in, particularly in a market like ours, it's a small island. It's... Uh, it's the same people year in, year out. It never gets easier. The costs never go down. They always go up. The money coming in tends to sort of either stay the same or, or go down. It's it's a hard, hard job. And no, I do, I doff my cap. Um, <laughs> that very nice cap. That very Thank nice. You. With his buffon hair. Uh, Melbourne Cup winning hat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, yeah. you're not, if you're not asking for yourself, if you're asking for these kids, it's, e- it's an easy ask. I would say it's easier for... In, in your position to go and ask because morally, ethically, it's all coming from the right place. And it's like, look, this is for them and, and helping their lives moving forward. So it makes it, it takes away the pressure of going to other people to ask to, to raise the funds, but it's not an easy job to do yeah. by, by any stretch. And so, so, you know, I, I doff my cap. And you got Graham next year half the time as well. Which and that's and a whole other t- podcast. <laughs> Tina's to eyes it, roll. Yeah, to do it with <laughs> Graham. With, with we love Graham you. Graham by your side. Graham, it's I just, love you. Yeah. Graham, don't get angry at us. We do love you. We love you a lot, even with your crazy trousers. Uh, Phuket has been good to us. Go and support them. Go to the Melbourne Cup on the first November. Tina, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Russ. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. That was Tina from Phuket Has Been Good To Us. Tina Hall. 
Tina Hall. Who happens to work for Phuket has been good to us. Yes, not Tina Phuket has been good to us. <clears throat> Tina Hall. Correct. I went to school with someone called Karen Hall. Didn't you go to someone with, uh, what was her name? Teresa Green. Teresa Green, that was it. Teresa Green, and that is true story. <laughs> I'm not lying. It was Teresa Green and Teresa Wood both went to my school. One of them, I fan- which one was the one I fancied? Teresa Green or Teresa Wood? One of, one of them gave you wood. <laughs> Sorry, I went Muttley from Dick Dastardly there. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh, anyway, that's <laughs> Tina. Look, look, let's just quickly talk Tina, then we can be silly with, with your hat like that, E17 <laughs> look. Very bad E17 look. At the end, we did mention the fact, people that do work for charity... We eventually, we eventually got around to the crux of it. It only yeah. took 40 minutes, but there we go. Um, but people that work for charity, I do have utmost respect for, because it is a faultless task. The thankless one as well. Have I used the wrong term? Probably. Did I? Yeah. Oh, well, it's dyslexia for I mean, you. Part, part of the reason I got off the bandwagon of trying to do or do as much charity work as I did was partly that. All right, Russ. But no, bur- burnout's the wrong, was, would be the wrong phrase, but it, it is really, really, really you difficult. You did used to do a lot of work yeah. for charity. You don't anymore. In fact, you hate kids and you hate dog charities. It's a little strong. Am I wrong? Yeah. In all, all dog charities you love? Yeah. <laughs> shall we move on? Yeah, I think we yeah. should. I think we should. Yeah. Um, it is hard work, though. I can't... Look, I'm terrible at asking people to pay me an invoice that I've done work for and chasing up invoices, mm-hmm. let alone asking people for money for charity. And, and part of it for me was... It's, and it's going to the same people. Because at the end of the day, in terms of... Like, like Tina was saying, you know, we've got a target of you know, half a million baht or a million baht that we need to raise. And when you start to break it down, there's a relatively small population in Phuket of people who can afford to say that there's a, there's a chunk of cash, there's a chunk of cash. It's great that you know, you know, we can throw in a thousand baht or a 500 baht here and there, and, and every, every baht counts. But when you've got a big target to make, and you've got to make that target because that sets you up for the year ahead, um, you're going to a slightly smaller uh, market of people that can afford to do it and when you're going to them constantly it's you've got to do it you don't there's no choice there's no there's no alternative options with it and you're, you're beholden to it and I, I as much as i have a lot of time and effort for anyone for any charity that goes and does that because i appreciate the, the depth and how hard that is to be in that position you've also got to give equal credit to the people on the receiving end that are answering the call and saying yes Here's a check. Oh, there's some lovely people out yeah. there. And I see a lot, and you see a lot as well when we go to the charity events. Yeah. And, and look, it is true, you and I probably haven't been to many of the charity events no. recently because of whatever reasons. But the same people still go to them. And the, mm-hmm. the couple that I've been to recently, it, you still see yeah. the same people. And the same people bid in, the same people doing everything. And fair play to them. No, a- a- absolutely. Because the, collectively, these are the people that keep the show on the road. These are the ones that keep the school open or keep the, the, the teachers here or, or pay, pay for clinics or whatever it is that the charities are, are trying to do. It, it doesn't help. It, it doesn't happen if we haven't got people like Tina day in, day out trying to say, hey, this is us. This is the flag. This is what we need. And this is what we need to keep this thing going. And people are answering that call. And joking aside, when we were taking the mickey out of Graham, but he's also there at every event, you and, know, and he's, you know, and it's not just him. There's Chantel, there's yeah, yeah. Sue. There's all sorts of people from all sorts of charities mm-hmm. that are always lovely knocking on the door, Mm-hmm. You know, and it is, it's hard and fair play to them, but like you as well, people that can afford to, to buy stuff and do stuff for charity and, and to 
loan. And, look, I, I, I was going to say loan some money. It's <laughs> yeah, not a loan, is it? Loan. But to, to pay money, because look, I mean, I always, I'm terrible. I'm a tight ass. But then I, you know, I think about what I've got going on in my life and not everyone that can and, afford to, to give money to charity, correct. but maybe you can give your time. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's something that I always said as a DJ or as an MC, we'd always, and you as well, yeah, we, we would give we our time. time. Yeah. You know, we've built, I remember we built a, a, an obstacle course. I can't remember if that was for charity or not, but you know, we yeah, gave was, our, yeah. yeah, we gave our time. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are things you can do if you can't, or if you don't want to put your money in your, yeah. I mean, look, put, we, your put your hand in your pocket. There you go. We, we, we um, I know we sort of jest and joke about the, the the events and all of that, and and not doing charity events and stuff. But we we would do it, and it's not about you know who you know oh, don't, don't care about this and don't care about that. You very much do, very much would support. And I, again, jokes. I don't care who it is. I don't care which charity, what what event or anything. I would like to see. I think a bit more. Oh, what's the I almost want to say direction. I'm not entirely sure that's the right word for it. I don't uh, know why you're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask you about Pocadbury. That's a good yeah. one. Um, yeah. I mean, at least, like, okay, Pocadbury has been good to us in terms of what they're trying to do and what they're raising money for. And that's why I asked the question. There's a structure to it. This is what we're doing. This is the, the direction. And this is what we're, this is what we're doing and, and the why. And it's also a difficult thing. because in, in a lot of ways, charities can't be sustainable. They just can't. Um, and you're always going to have kids coming through the door that need the help and are from those backgrounds that need the help and, and don't have the support network. And again, without people like Tina, without organizations like that, these kids would have nothing. So I, for the final time, will doff my cap on this podcast to her and to the team for the work that they do. And again, equally to those that are saying, yep, here we are. So those that do go to the Melbourne Cup, whether you're donating tens of thousands of baht on a random we know what it's going to be auction prize or whether you're just going there and just buying a ticket or even a couple of raffle tickets, you're all helping. You're all doing the right thing. Crack on. Absolutely. Well said, Russ. And if you haven't bought a ticket, just go and buy one. Even if you're not going to go, buy a ticket, give it to someone else. Or give us some money and I'll buy a few raffle tickets for you. I'll be like the raffle guy. Absolutely. I take 10% commission. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll keep the good prizes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You didn't win anything, mate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> won nothing. I'll, I'll tell you about it next weekend when, I'm, when I get back. <laughs> From my banyan tree trip away for two people, me and Russ, top and tailing, otherwise known as 69 position. Yeah. Um, I should apologize because we didn't have a podcast out last week, and that's my fault. And I'm going to apologize now, but I've been moving house that I've been talking about for a little while, but I moved house, so we didn't have time to record last week. So we are back, and we will be doing more. And Russell's got some guests. I and do. And we always know how good Russell's guests go. Well, yeah, we know how this could play out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not going to say we've got a guest next we've got, week. We've got one confirmed. I'm using the word very loosely. And two potentials. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Russell. Cheers, buddy. Anything you want to promote? Bartcast? Canine this, Point Academy? What's that? Bartcast is an amazing podcast really? that's produced by uh, Shark 13 Productions oh, and hosted it, mate, if by me. If it's produced by Shark 13 Productions, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And hosted by Jada Shark. No way. You're that, on it sometimes. Sounds, am I? How do yeah. I do that? that sounds Although, incredible. Although, the people that do listen to it never mention me. They always mention you. <laughs> Fuck you, people that listen to Bartcast. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. Cheers. Bye. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell Podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now.
at j at shark13productions.com.